Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is Acts 1.8. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in, and happy Pentecost Sunday. And the broadcast that we have for you today, we believe, will encourage you to go and make disciples of those around you, whether it be your co-workers, your friends, um, your family members. We are joined on today's broadcast of Hope Talks by Pastor Reggie Phillips, who serves on staff as a pastor at Richmond Southside Church of the Nazarene. And today we will be sharing part one of two parts of Pastor Reggie Phillips' testimony. And we pray that today's broadcast will be a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis, and we're so glad that you've joined us for today's broadcast. And uh, today we're glad to be joined by uh, Pastor Reggie Phillips. Pastor Reggie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Yeah, it's great to have you with us today. Um, You're coming from the... Richmond Chesterfield area, would that be correct? It sure is. Chesterfield County on the south side of the river there. Yeah, well welcome. Welcome to um Hope Talks and we're just so glad that you're with us today and so grateful that you're willing to share um a little bit about your story and what God has done for you, what he's doing in your life and just being able to give hope um to those that are listening today. So if you would like to start out, um, you could tell us a little bit maybe about um, where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. Sure. Um, I'm originally from Salem, Virginia, so southwest Virginia outside of Roanoke. And I guess the best way to say it is I feel like I had a fantastic childhood. Um, Grew up in a big family. Uh, We had our share of struggles. We were definitely a family that was not wealthy. I don't know that we were poor, but we were very not wealthy (laughs) and um, uh, just had a a fantastic time growing up playing with my brothers and sisters. Uh, Even though we lived in the city of Salem, we spent a lot of time out in the country, uh, a lot of time out in the woods, a lot of time fishing, Mm -hmm. had a lot of good friends in the neighborhood, Uh, just really, really had a good childhood experience there and um, saw God's hand at work in a lot of ways now looking back that I didn't realize at the time was God at work, Mm -hmm. but uh, blessing us with putting the right people in our lives. And uh, it was great. God connected us with a church that way, way back then was a new church plant that was only uh, two or three years old. And uh, that was a, a pivotal part of my childhood as well. Uh, both meeting friends at church and inviting friends to church and uh, getting to uh, learn about God and grow together. And it was great. 
So, Pastor Reggie, you mentioned uh, that you grew up um, in the church and go into church. So, uh, anything foundational about you talked about, you know, meeting friends and you know, connecting with people, just anything foundational as far as maybe when you felt in your heart God calling you to make that personal decision for yourself. You know, we if we grew up in the church, if we're fortunate enough to be able to have that experience, you know, we go because our parents tell us that that's what we're doing because that's what our family's about. But at some point we have to make that decision for ourselves. So anything sure. along those lines. Well, I tell you, one of the greatest blessings that God gave me in my childhood was to grow up in a home where talking about the things of God was normal. It wasn't awkward. Um, And here's the funny thing about that. Neither one of my parents were Christians when I was a kid. Um, I actually ended up in church as a little kid predominantly because of my grandmother's prayers. Mm -hmm. She was a faithful believer. She uh, didn't grow up as a Christian either, but she had a radical encounter with God when she was, I believe, in her early 30s. And when she got saved, she really uh, committed her life to the Lord from that time on. And uh, my dad, as a young teenager, had grown up in church, but hit a point in his life where he ran away from God. And uh, he'll tell you now that the five, six, seven years that followed that decision as a teenager uh, were years he wishes he could just erase from the timeline, uh, wishes he could go back and undo because his life was in a lot of chaos and a lot of mess. Um, But when I was growing up, my parents, neither one were Christian. My mom had gone to church a little bit as a kid, um, but not regularly. That wasn't a normal part of her childhood either. But when I was born and the other grandkids were born, my grandmother sat my parents down one day and said, look, if you go to church or not is up to you, but you owe it to my grandkids to give them a chance Mm -hmm. to hear God's word and to make that choice. You need to make sure they're in church, whether you go or not. And they took her up on it. They used to drive us to church, to Sunday school before church. They would drop us off at the back door of the church, which is where the Sunday school classes were. And we'd go in and and go to Sunday school, slip out the back door, hop in the big station wagon my parents had, and they'd take us back home. And for a couple of years, that that was my experience of church, was getting up and going to Sunday school and my parents picking us up and taking us back home. But even though they weren't Christians, even though they weren't coming to church with us, it was still very normal for us to be able to talk about God, for them to ask questions about what we learned in Sunday school, uh, for them to ask one of us kids to say a prayer over a meal. It was just a normal part of our life. So as we got a little older and had questions, even it's funny now to look back, you know, my parents weren't in church, but they're still your parents. So when you have questions, that's who you go to. And so I would go to my mom and my dad, and I'd ask them questions about the Bible and ask them questions about what it meant to follow Jesus. And um, it's neat now to see how my granny's prayers were God's grace chasing me down as a little kid Mm -hmm. and how my questions to my parents was God's prevenient grace chasing my parents down when they were far away from God. Mm -hmm. And God worked in that story so that uh, by the time I was about eight years old, 
my parents both had started um, occasionally coming to church instead of just dropping us off. And uh, my mom had come in, I, I believe it was a Sunday morning service, and had sat through the whole service with me. And the pastor gave an altar call and said, if you want to surrender your heart to the Lord today, if you want to invite him to come and live in your heart, then I want to invite you to come down and pray at an altar with me. And I saw tears running down my mom's cheeks, and she stood up to make her way to the altar, and I stood up with her, and we both went down to the altar and prayed that day to accept Jesus as our Savior. Wow. Hmm. A child shall leave him right <laughs> It's so neat how God works those things out beyond anything we could ever hope or plan for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ephesians 3 makes me think idea he has things planned for us that we've never even thought of or imagined and um, yeah. just how he just the grace of God and how he is so gentle with us um, mm-hmm. in those things you know I think about you know, here's this young boy coming home and asking his parents and you probably having no idea what that was doing in their hearts um, no. <laughs> but God just using that to awaken um, their own need and desire uh, for a Savior. That's powerful. And I was thinking, uh, you know, a couple of things that stuck out to me as you were sharing was, first of all, thank you for a a granny that prayed for her grandchildren and made sure that Mm -hmm. even if the parents didn't go to church, to make sure that the grandkids had a chance Mm -hmm to make the decision for themselves. And then also you were talking about you and your mom accepting Christ the same day, and that has to be powerful. And I think of something that Pastor Margaret says all the time about God doesn't have grandchildren. So you and your mom Mm -hmm. both accepted Christ as your father and as your Savior that day. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome experience. My mom... Uh, passed away in 2016 and um, just to see the way God's grace worked in her life over those years to see um, I'm not sure the best way to say this but to see somebody go through that much suffering and yet die that well Mm -hmm. with that much peace and with that much grace and with that much hope in Jesus that no matter what she faced, God was with her. Mm. And whether she lived or she died, it was okay. She had made the decision to follow Jesus. She knew God wasn't going to forsake her. He was going to make good on all his promises, and she was okay. Mm. Um, and to be able to start that journey with her when I was eight years old, man, it just means the world. Yeah, those are things that... Um, so things some days it keeps us going, right? Like you look back, yeah. and you just see how faithful, how faithful God is, and just to see Him faithful throughout her life and her faithfulness to Him. Um, mm-hmm. So, what did that look like for you? Um, you grew up, accepted Christ. Um, yeah, um, over the next couple of years after that, the thing that stands out to me the most is our just. God giving me so much joy in his presence. Um, and it just, it just kind of overwhelmed when I think about that 
part of my childhood, those next several years, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, um, those can be hard years for a lot of kids. And I, I had my struggles too, but the thing I remember the most is the joy that I had during those years, learning about God, um, growing in my faith. I told everybody mm-hmm. about Jesus mm-hmm. and I, I didn't, you know, now we have ways we're supposed to do that. And we tell people how they're supposed to witness. As a kid, you don't care. You're just like, man, Jesus is awesome. Church mm-hmm. is fun. You should come with me. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the gist of what I said to like every kid I knew. And somewhere around that, that time frame, my dad bought a, a big van and we jokingly called it the pickle wagon because it was this great big full-size conversion van, and it was like three-tone puke green. It was the (laughs) ugliest van in existence, but it had a ton of space in it. And my mom used it to go pick up all of my friends to take them to church with us, Mm -hmm. Um, which is a fantastic memory and experience as well. Um, But the next several years on any given Sunday, I mean, and I grew up in a big family, so the van was already had a lot of people in it that we'd pick up three, four, five friends every Sunday on the way to church. And uh, there definitely weren't that many seatbelts in the van. But in the 80s and early 90s, they weren't as strict on that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, we would, would pack them in and bring them to church. And uh, the Lord blessed me to be able to see several of my friends accept Jesus as their Savior. Um, and then a little after that, as we got involved in youth group, um, We had volunteer youth leaders instead of a a youth pastor at the little church that I was in, and they allowed students to do the the devotional lesson each week in in the student ministry. And I was very blessed to be able to do that very often all through my teenage years. Um, And God used that to teach me so much about Him, so much about God's Word, to read God's Word you learn a lot, you mm-hmm. pick up a lot. But when you're preparing to teach it to somebody else, it's a whole different ball game. Um, you read differently, you see more insights. It just seems like God opens the door and allows you to see more because he knows you're going to share it with somebody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anywhere in the Bible where it says he does it that way, but that's been my experience. Yeah. And um, that was just a fantastic time. Um, I remember being in eighth grade and I had a study hall class and, uh, I'm, I'm by nature an auditory learner. So as long as I really paid attention in class, I didn't really have to study a whole lot to get decent grades in in uh, middle school and high school. That changed a little bit when I got to college and, and beyond, but in middle school and high school, as long as I listened, I did pretty good. So I would take my study hall each day to read the Bible. And I remember just filling up notebooks, you know, the old spiral notebooks with pages and pages of notes of insights God was given into the scripture. I just was so hungry for it at that age. And I think a large part of why I was so hungry, one, is just because God loved me so much, I I wanted more of them. And two, because I was inviting friends and they were coming and they had lots of questions and I wanted to be able to help them find the answers. Um. So God gave me a real hunger for his word during that time and blessed me to be involved in a great youth group. Um, a lot of a lot of good memories out of that. Here's my last story about that 
three-tone green puke colored van uh, when i was in youth group we had a, a big cookout at a park in salem and uh we were trying to get as many of our friends from school to come as we could and i guess i was maybe 16 at the time probably like 11th grade 10th grade somewhere in there and my mom and dad let me borrow the van so that i could drive around and, and pick up my friends and uh, I think it actually had enough seats for like eight people, maybe 10 if you crammed them in. And as we were preparing for the cookout, we put like coolers in the van and all that kind of stuff too. So those became seats. And on the way to the cookout, I think we ended up with 21 people in that van, <laughs> um, but had a fantastic time. Uh, got to talk about Jesus and play games and eat good food. And it's funny how something as simple as a cookout. I mean, that's no big deal, right? You get a couple hamburgers, a couple of hot dogs, and you go to the park. But that's a standout memory for me 20-plus years later of how God used that simple event to impact my life and several of my friends' lives as we got to come together and celebrate what God was doing during that season in our lives. Um, so I would, I would also encourage people, don't underestimate the little ordinary moments of life you never know which one of those things are going to create a memory that sticks with somebody or could impact them for a lifetime mm-hmm. um god can show up anywhere yeah they become foundational and i think about you know um used to be on sundays you know you would anyway the way i grew up you would go to someone's house um, and have a meal uh-huh. and you play with your friends or whatever and that's something we've kind of we've kind of lost that we've gotten a little busy, and yeah, um, I just I, it's a good reminder um, to us today and to those listening that it's something that it's easy to go home on Sunday after lunch or Sunday afternoon and take that good Nazarene nap, but um, <laughs> you know what would it be if we opened up our backyard or our our kitchen table um, to a few yeah. people. It could be life changing. So thank you for that reminder um, that yeah. that's discipleship. Discipleship happens in those ways and in deep ways that we don't even know how to put words to really. Um, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how God's spirit moves in those moments to do things that we never planned or, mm-hmm. or dreamed of that God had ordained that moment to do something yeah. special in somebody's life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Reggie, um, it sounds like the Lord was already kind of beginning to use you in ministry in high school with your friends, inviting them to church and to cookouts and to things like that. Um, and I know this just because our college years overlap, but I know that you studied ministry in college. And so, Um, was there, I know maybe it was those experiences in high school, but what ultimately led you to decide to accept God's call on your life or, um, to study ministry? Sure. Well, I, I did go, uh, to Mount Vernon and was blessed to be able to overlap some of that time with you there. And I actually went to Mount Vernon on a college visit just because it sounded like a fun weekend trip. I had no intentions of going to college. But a good friend of mine at church was going on a college visit and uh, didn't want to go alone, just wanted a friend to go with him to check the school out. And 
he asked a couple of our, you know, mutual friends and youth group, Hey, do y'all want to go and come check the school out with me? And my thought was, I get to hang out with my friends for a weekend. We're probably going to eat out at several restaurants because none of us are going to be cooking. You know, um, this sounds like a fantastic road trip I'm in. <laughs> and so we went to Mount Vernon, uh, and for the record, I hate cold weather. Uh, especially when I was younger, I was a whole lot thinner than I am now. And, uh, I just hated being cold, hated cold weather. And my friend planned this college visit in January in central Ohio. So we, we made the trip to Mount Vernon and, um, I checked the campus out with him and it was beautiful, really enjoyed being there. But I think a day and a half into the trip, a blizzard hit and, you know, being from Virginia, my definition of blizzard was a little different than theirs. You know, it's 30 mile an hour winds, snow blowing sideways, 20 degrees outside. I can't see five feet in front of me. Um, and so I'm like huddled up inside the little apartment that we were staying in on campus, put on every piece of warm clothing I own. And was like, Jesus, please let the sun come back. And as I was sitting there, I really heard God speak just as plain as I'm speaking to you right now. And he said, Reggie, we need to talk. And um, I've been very blessed that I've sensed God's spirit and heard God speak quite a bit in my life. But this was, this was more direct and more plain than those experiences normally are. I mean, God was just present. And my first thought was, I'm, I'm listening, God. I'm, I'm here. What do you want to say? And I heard God say, Reggie, you need to go on a walk with me. And honestly, I looked out the window and thought, Jesus, I'm good right here. <laughs> but the Lord wouldn't let go of that. He kept pressing it on my heart. So I, I went outside and literally could not see just a few feet in front of me. And I started walking circles around the parking lot in front of the apartment that we were staying in. And God started dealing with my heart. And there were other people in the apartment that would have been a a distraction. God knew I needed my absolute attention had to be on him. And so I went for that walk and I heard God say, Reggie, I want you to serve me in full-time ministry. And you know how when God called Moses to go to Pharaoh, Moses had a list of excuses. (laughs) And I did too. Uh, God, nobody in my family's ever gone to college before. I've got a job lined up. I'm supposed to go to work. God, we can't afford college. You know, I, I grew up very much not rich. This isn't in our budget, like community college maybe, but not a private university. This isn't. This isn't going to happen. And I kept throwing my arguments back at God. And God very clearly said to me, Reggie, I can take care of all that. The only thing I'm asking you to do is will you trust me? Mm-hmm. You kind of run out of excuses when God says something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And standing out in the cold, I kind of just said, here I am, Lord. If you can take care of all, all the junk, you know, I'm worried about all this stuff. If you can help me pay for it, you can help my, my family understand the decision. If, if you can do all those things, then I can trust you, God. 
I'll come here and I'll prepare for ministry if that's what you want me to do. And God really impressed it on my heart in that moment. Um, and I don't know why yet to this day, but he really impressed on my heart that saying yes to a call to ministry was saying yes to a lifetime of education. He wanted me to go to college. He wanted me to go to seminary. One day he wanted me to pursue a doctoral degree. And nobody in my family had gone to college, like maybe a couple classes at community college just to check it out, but that was it. And that was only, I think, one of my sisters. I mean, my neither one of my parents even finished high school. My mom went back and got her GED and graduated with me uh, when I graduated high school. Um, so this was a whole new experience for us. But the Lord said he would take care of it. And so we stepped out on faith and trusted him. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that the first part of Pastor Reggie Phillips' testimony truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. We also pray that you'll join us next Sunday at noon right here on 1470 AM and 102.1 FM WBTX for part two of Pastor Reggie Phillips' testimony. We'd like to close today's program with a song by our friend Jason Wagner. May God bless. Are you weary? Come find your rest. There's a refuge here in Jesus. Lay down your head. And all of you mourners, lift up your eyes. Come receive the promise Death cannot deny Jesus is Lord Heaven and earth proclaim Lord of Lords King of Join the song The heavens are declaring Come sing along and all of you prideful Come and bow down Over us, Lord Jesus.
is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area. We invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. 